The Sign Out Podcast has partnered with Outdoor by Four to bring you this conversation. Welcome to the Sign Out Podcast. Here we interview individuals who are pursuing their passion and who want to share that story. With Tenkara, with how easy it is to learn how to do it and it's affordable to get into, it makes it very easy and fun to just get out and have that be like a little side hobby of yours. What's that saying? Uh, like a bad day fishing is always better than a good day working. And I was like, well, yeah, that's true. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Sign Out Podcast. I'm always anxious to get these things going again. I have a really great guest today that uh, partnered up with Outdoor by Four to bring me this guest. Tanner Flake, who is the co-founder of Tenkara Rod Company is with us today, and we're definitely going to get into uh, ten car fishing. We're going to get into the ten car rod company, but first, I just wanted to introduce Tanner to the podcast. Tanner, welcome for joining, or thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Daniel. I'm excited to be here on the podcast. Appreciate it. So, we're obviously going to focus on some fishing today. Um, seeing that y'all's main company is selling fishing rods and things that go with that. But I'm curious, Tanner, where did you grow up and how did, were you always involved in outdoor activity? What led you, not the the quick story all of a sudden I got here, but where did you start early on to get into this side of the business? Yeah, it's uh, kind of interesting. I grew up kind of like a city boy. I grew up in Gilbert, Arizona, just outside of Phoenix. Um, you know, I just I always had like a love for the outdoors, did a little bit of fishing and stuff growing up, just here and there. Um, nothing crazy, a little bit of camping and stuff too. Uh, and then ended up coming up to Idaho and just for a trip, a fun like week long trip when I was about 21, 20, yeah, about 21. And uh, just visiting a friend up here and he had been living up here for the whole summer and he just became a fly fishing guide in Swan Valley, Idaho. So I came up, visited him, fished with him for a week and just totally fell in love with fly fishing, fell in love with the area and all that and ended up uh, moving out the next summer. And then I just really, I've, I guess I've left since then, but I've kind of been in east idaho or bounced around a little bit since then but that's kind of how i got into like fly fishing and just coming up to idaho and getting into the outdoors and stuff that's uh, once you get to idaho it's beautiful up there so i'm it's pretty easy to want to stay right yeah yeah it's it's pretty pretty nice i mean we still sometimes just tell people it's all potatoes here but uh it's definitely more than just potatoes So what, you know, that got you into fly fishing. Did it just the bug kind of bite you right away and you just jumped into it? And from there on, it's was your passion just doing what you can so you can spend as much time fly fishing at that point? Yeah. So it was my friend Taylor. Um, He's the one that I moved or that I went on that week long trip. And then that next summer, I was I talked to him over the winter and he's like, hey, man, let's uh let's just make it a thing. Let's move up there and uh, get some jobs up in Driggs somewhere and let's just work up there all summer. So I got a job at a golf course. Um, It was like a private golf course. So I'd wash the clubs off for members as they'd come in and just make some money off tips. And uh, I had pretty good hours so I could fish a lot. 
uh, you have long days here in the summer, so you have plenty of time to get out and fish. And yeah, ever since then, he and I have been kind of like, you know, he was into fishing like a couple years before I was. So he taught me a lot. And then we've just been kind of learning, um, just teaching each other and learning together uh, throughout the years. We still fish together a lot and stuff. So he actually still lives uh, up in this area as well. I've actually had the exact same job at a country club as you had. Oh yeah. Golf carts and washing golf clubs. I did that as well. So yeah, it's good stuff, huh? Yep. Yep. It was, it was a time in high school. It was a great job for me as after school. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun gig. Yeah. Uh, I crashed a few golf carts um, and might've blamed that on the members and not me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We had a, we had a golf cart that was like souped up or it was a gas powered one, but we yep. took the governor off it. So you could get that thing going pretty fast. Yep. That is for sure. Go pick sure. up like the water on the course at the end of the day. And uh, a lot of times those water jugs would just fall off the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're, so you make it to Idaho and um, fly fishing becomes your passion. And fly fishing is one of those things. It seems like when people get into it, I guess you could say that with a lot of activities, but it definitely uh, has its niche where people love it. There's the whole part around all the education around the flies that you use, what's going on with, you know, the flies for different days. So there's a lot to learn. And you're probably also, you never stop learning that depends on where you're fishing, where you're going. Right. Oh yeah. Like, that's the great thing about fly fishing is it can be as detailed and as in-depth as you want it to be. Um, you know, I think for some people getting into fly fishing in general can be pretty intimidating just because uh, the price point, it can be kind of expensive once you get all your gear and uh, just learning it all, you know, it seems much easier to grab a spinning rod and a spinner or some worms or something and go out and catch fish that way. Um, so fly fishing can be intimidating. One thing that we've tried to do with Tenkara is eliminate a lot of that intimidation, um, with the price point and with, uh, just how easy it is to start Tenkara fishing. Um, because you don't have line management, you can just eliminate a lot of kind of the, the things that hang people up as far as the learning curve. Um, you know, it just takes a while to learn the line management. It takes a while to perfect your cast and really get it where you want it to go. But with Tenkara, you can just kind of work on your cast and work on getting that fly out in front of the fish. So you kind of get to like fishing a little bit faster than if you were to go out and really try and just learn how to cast a fly rod and stuff like that. You can kind of figure out the fishing part a little bit quicker with a Tenkara rod than you can with a standard fly rod. Yes. So let's talk about that because, you know, I'm a guy, I like the outdoors. Uh, I don't fish a lot, but if somebody's like, Hey, you want to go fishing? I'm, I'm raising my hand. I'm like, yeah, I'll go fishing. If it's, you know, in the Bay, if it's, you know, just, you know, go out on the lake, I'm always for fishing. I've tried fly fishing a couple of times and I think that's something I just don't, you know, I'm not in an area where we do it a lot. And I, so I feel like I kind of know what's going on and I had not heard of 10 car fishing until I started working with you guys on the the other article I did for the magazine. Um, and I just found that unique. I was like, I feel like I'm a pretty informed outdoor person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what is this? So, so take a moment there, Tanner, and just talk about like, 
what is tenkara fishing um, relative to fly fishing? And then we can just kind of we can dive in after that. Yeah. Yeah. So tenkara fishing, uh, for those that have like really never heard of it or don't know much about it, it started in Japan, uh, hence the name tenkara. It, uh, it was just a real simple, fun way for, for people to get up into the mountains, catch fish. Um, they would do it for fun. They would sometimes do it for food. And, uh, it, it became a really almost like a ritualistic type thing. Uh, just a really fun activity for these guys to do. And they got really into it. Um, the people in Japan, and they've been doing that over there for hundreds of years, long before we've been fly fishing. So Tenkara has been around for a long, long time. And, you know, back when they started Tenkara fishing, they would simply take like a piece of bamboo or, you know, like a cane. And there's a lot of people in the, in the Midwest and all over the U.S. that have kind of done the same thing when they were kids, right? They get like a cane, cane pole and tie some line onto it. Ten car is a little more in depth than that. Now um, you have these collapsing rods. So like, for example, we have like our, one of our standard rods collapses down to 20, 20 inches, and then it will extend out to 12 feet. Um, the unique thing about Tenkara that really sets it apart from fly fishing or really any other type of fishing is you're just taking this rod that is, you know, say 12 feet long and you're attaching your line to the very tip section of that rod. So you're attaching your line to the very end of it. And you're fishing a line similar to the length of the rod. So if I'm fishing a 12-foot rod, I'll probably fish like a 10-foot line. And then I put like usually three or four feet of tippet on the end. And tippet is just your standard like monofilament. Sometimes it can be fluorocarbon, but your standard fishing line pretty much. So it would just be your line is attached to the tip of the rod. And then down towards the tip of that line, you've got tippet and then your fly. So it's pretty simple, easy way to set up. Um, like I was saying, the learning curve is really easy for people because they're not learning how to manage line. Um, with fly fishing, you know, you have a reel and you got to peel some line off that reel and then you've got to cast that line, right? And so it's sometimes hard to know when to let lines slide through your hand to cast and and all that. Um, with Tenkara, there's no line management. So that's why I was saying you can get to fishing a little bit quicker because you just kind of figure out the cast real quick. And as long as you're getting that fly to kind of lay out in front of you, then you know you're doing it right. And uh, then you can just focus on getting that fly in front of fish and catching some fish. It seems like the simplicity of it allows you to just quickly focus on fishing and not have to worry about anything else, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really you know, we, there's a lot of people that say like, it's just a simple form of fly fishing. You know, we're still using flies, um, like artificial flies and stuff. And it's just, uh, yeah, it really is. It's just a simple way to get out and, uh, go catch some fish. Uh, I assume, you know, you can do this anywhere you can fish, right? I mean, if you, you know, anywhere you want to fly fish or just regular fish, you can, you can get the line out in the water. You're good to go. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there are some like, I guess, limitations to Tenkara or there's some, some pros and cons, right? So with you fishing like a 12 foot rod, 10 foot line on it, plus you got some tippet on there, you know, 
you're looking at like a, around a 30 foot cast, just shy of 30 feet with that rod fully extended and the line extended beyond that, right? So sometimes you might be somewhere on a lake or something where you need to cast a little bit farther. Um, so that's where like a regular fly rod or a spin rod or something would be handy. Right. Um, and then other times, like there are just certain situations, really big fish. Um, we have landed some pretty darn big fish. We've landed some big trout. We've gone up to Alaska and we've caught lots of salmon with these 10 car rods. So they are pretty darn durable and they can handle some big fish. But there's also there's so many big ocean fish out there like tarpon and stuff like that. Like a 10 car rod is not going to handle a tarpon or something. So, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. pros and cons, right? Like it was designed for small fish in small streams like up in the mountains and we as 10 car rod co have tried to show people like it's not just for that like you can expand your horizons a little bit um but you know there definitely is um some pros and cons to it as well yeah when i was first reading about it and looking at it i was thinking about my middle brother who does bike packing and yeah he's got a mountain bike loaded down with panniers in fact he has an inflatable raft he will carry yeah. And he also fly fishes. So I'm I'm sure he's got a, you know, his fly fishing rig breaks down pretty small. But I was like, I know it doesn't break down to what you are doing, which is really small, ultra light. I mean, yeah. that's ideal for that whole community when I was thinking about that. Oh, um, yeah, it's perfect. Like so, we we've got into a little bit of bike packing. We usually try and do a small like bike packing trip every year or so. Um but yeah, there's some people that have gotten pretty hardcore about it. And like you said, they have a little pack raft with them, you know, throw their bike on there, float down a river yeah. and fish. And yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's great yeah. for backpacking too, you know, ultralight backpackers and stuff. You just save uh, space and weight. So yeah. And, and and on those type trips, your prop fishing is just a piece of that trip. A lot of times it's just the idea, Hey, I can stop here and I can just go fish in the stream if i catch something it's probably you know i'm good if i don't i can put my pole up and i'm right back on the trail you know and you're not carrying all this gear it's just right there for you i think it's great yeah it's like i mentioned earlier how uh fly fishing can be like as detailed as you want it to be it's somewhat similar with tenkara too tenkara is much simpler and it can be very simple if you want it to be like mm -hmm. some people they don't even change out their flies very much. They'll just fish like a single fly um, called a Kabari fly and just try and catch fish on that. Um, so it can be, you can really change up your flies a lot or you can kind of stick with one fly. It can be very detailed or um, really simple as well. You know, there's some people that are so into Tenkara fishing, it's like the only type of fishing they do and that's that's their main hobby, right? For us, like at Tunkar Rodco, uh, Drew and I were the the owners, and a lot of our employees. We love to fish, right? Fishing is mm -hmm. probably our our number one. But we also have families, and uh, we have like other hobbies too. Um, for example, like my kids are out ripping around on the dirt bikes right now, and uh, we like to mountain bike, hike, um, backpack, camp, just all kinds of things. And it's nice because. Uh, a 10 car rod can complement a lot of other fun activities. So like we mentioned, bikepacking, backpacking, um, there's a lot of things that you can do and take a 10 car rod along with you 
Um, even if Tenkara or fishing isn't your main hobby or your main focus, with Tenkara, with how easy it is to learn how to do it and it's affordable to get it get into, um, it makes it very easy and fun to just get out and and have that be like a little side hobby of yours. Absolutely. And not I think it would be like thinking about fly fishing can be overwhelming to to try to manage that line and do all that. But I could give I feel like I could give that rod to a kid. And even if they're just casually just letting that fly just go to, out in the water, that they could do that. Yeah. And and how I mean, an easy way to kind of get them involved because it's a really cool gear. And they're like, oh, look at this nice rod. It breaks down. You can put it together. And the next thing you know, you you know, you have your children out there like just on a pond having fun. Yeah, it's great for kids. Kids love yeah. it. Super easy for them to learn. And uh, yeah, they could just kind of like, we'll take our kids in the boat or just on the bank. And uh, there's been a few times where you just kind of like put a fly on and you let your kid just keep casting. And they're just kind of in the back of the boat doing their thing. And then all of a sudden like, oh, I got one, I got one. <laughs> yeah. What's that experience like uh, pulling? Because you don't have a reel. It's just a static line. What's that experience like getting the fish back in? Once it's yeah, on. so I I should mention that because that's a question a lot of people ask. Uh, with no reel, yeah. So you're th there's something I should mention too is uh with a fly rod you have that reel with lots of line on it, right? And with a spinner rod or whatever, lots of line. A fish runs, you catch a big fish, and it can just peel line off the reel. That's what helps fight the fish, right? These tenkara rods are long, but they're also very flexible, so it's the flex of the rod that helps to kind of fight the fish. The rods flex so much um, that it can kind of help to take that big run from a big fish and you can help kind of turn that fish's head and kind of direct that fish where you want it to go. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of, a lot of fun that way, as far as uh, catching some nice big fish there, it can be a, a challenge, but uh, as long as you can kind of figure out how to direct that fish, then you can, usually get them in. So how, how did you and Drew then come together to take a passion and decide, you know what, let's just start a business now. Yeah. So it's funny. Drew's uh, I'm, I've been into fishing for, for a while and Drew was just getting into fishing. He's always been a very business minded kind of guy. Like he and I were friends in college. So we knew each other before we started this company but uh, he kind of came to me because he knew that I'd been fishing and just was ask, asking me some questions about Tenkara, if I've heard of it, um, if I'd ever done it before. I'd done it just once because um, it was it was one of those things that like I had heard of it a couple of times and then my friend had one. And so I tried it on the river, but it wasn't like it wasn't talked about a whole lot. And that was not that long ago. That was like. 18 years ago right or, yeah no less than that less than that but uh anyways so drew and i were yeah so we got involved so he he was talking to me about fishing kind of picking my brain about that and he was kind of saying in the meantime like well i've been doing some research online it looks like there could be a small market for this tankara fishing and uh you know he got a manufacturer lined up and everything and we started with a kickstarter and uh, so at first I just started, uh, you know, we just started with a small Kickstarter and we were just shipping these these orders out of uh, 
small warehouse. Drew had a couple other side businesses going on too. So he already had like a warehouse space and it was mostly just he and I in there at first, uh, shipping them out. And, and then it just kind of slowly grew from there. Um, uh, we definitely hit a point where it was like, seemed like more people had, had heard of Tenkara, you know, the first few years we would go to trade shows and things. And we were explaining it from top to bottom to a lot of people. And now it's more like people come to us and they're like, oh yeah, I have a friend that has one or, or they have one themselves, or they've at least heard of it or tried it or something like that now. So it's cool to see the growth of Tenkara as a sport in general, along with like the growth of Tenkara Rodco and how, yeah, we just started with a Kickstarter. We've done lots of Kickstarters since then. Uh, we've moved around to a few different shops and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a great deal. So I was looking at your website and there's a, seems like there's a process to deciding what you need to get. There's multiple style rods, even though we're talking about simple fishing, y'all still have a selection of, you know, line of flies and rods. So when somebody's coming to their site early on, what, what do they need to be thinking about and what do they need to be doing? Yeah, so we try and, like I was saying, how it can be as, as simple or as detailed as you want it to be, we try and kind of cater to to both, you know. Um, but if you are just getting into it, the best thing to do is start off with a package. So if you were a kit, if you get on our website, it will say like the Sawtooth Kit or the Sierra Kit. And so in the kit, you're going to get a rod and it's going to come with a rod sock and a carbon fiber rod tube to keep it all protected. And then you're also going to get this little bag. And in that bag, you're going to have a line. And that line is going to be the best line suited for that rod, depending on the length of the rod. And then you're going to get a small line holder. And then you'll get three pack of flies, Kabari flies, just to get you started, and a small spool of tippet. So that's literally everything you would need to just get started. So you could take a kit and you could take it straight to the river and fish. Um, now, with that being said, there are some other things that you would want to add, at least eventually. You'd want to get more flies because you'll go through three flies pretty quick, especially if you're just learning. Yeah. So you'll snag them on bushes and stuff like that and break them off. But uh, so get some more flies and like floating. And there's some other things. And uh, we have some videos online, too. Uh, lots of videos on YouTube, just trying to help people understand which rod to buy for different situations. Um, we do have like some small fish, small stream rods all the way up to like a bigger, heavier rod that we even tell people, like, if you're going to fish for smaller fish and fish all day long, don't get this rod. It's not for you. It's a big rod. It's kind of heavy compared to most 10 car rods. But if you hook a big fish, this is the rod that can, can handle it. So we've got kind of a wide range of everything from small fish to those big fish. And then we've got a couple rods like in the middle that are great, like all around type rods. So yeah, we try and keep it simple with, you know, stick with a kit at first, but then we've got a lot of other accessories. You know, if you want to get more lines, a few different lengths, a few di we have a few different types of line. We have lots of different flies and then lots of other just little accessories that go with it. So the, the combinations are exponential at some point, yes. right? Yeah, exponential for sure. How, how long has Tinkar Ride Company been around when you talked about the Kickstarter campaigns? When did you actually start? 
Yeah, so we're going on uh, coming up on 11 years here pretty soon. So, yeah, we uh, just passed the big the big 10 year mark. That's awesome. How was uh, being online business going through COVID for y'all? Uh, yeah, that was a scary time. You know, when it first started happening, we weren't sure what how it was going to affect us mm-hmm. as far as uh, you know business going up or down. You know, we definitely had we had you know some employees that like we kind of had to just have them work from home we were able to have them kind of do some assembly stuff from home for a little while and then we were able to bring them back to the to the shop and stuff but yeah it was kind of scary we weren't sure what was going to happen but it turns out everyone was at home a lot and everyone got bored of being at home <laughs> so okay. everyone kind of figured out like hey I, this is time to figure out a couple new hobbies i want to get into and um tankara you know was one of them for some people because business uh eventually just ended up picking up and we ended up doing really well yeah i really think that there is such a great opportunity for a company like y'all's um just because i still think a lot of people don't know about that style of fishing and yeah. when you hear about how simple it is um it can be overwhelming if you walk into a fly shop and you're just there's so much gear around you and you don't know where to start as opposed to ordering one package from a company that has everything you need instructions put together so simple yeah you got to go figure out watch a video you know learn how to throw it pretty good um but once you do that you're you know you can be catching fish in no time yeah i just think it's you know when, when we think about you know a lot of the podcasts we're talking about people pursuing their passion being outdoors um, you know, you're really doing all that through this company for sure. I mean, you're getting your passion, very passionate about fishing and you're getting to sell gear to folks who are wanting to continue to fish, but then doing it in a new way. There's just so much opportunity here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, like Drew and I, all of us that work here at Tenkara Rodco, we're just grateful to be able to do what we do. Uh, yeah. You just like pinch yourself every once in a while because it's pretty great you know like what's that saying uh like a bad day fishing is always better than a good day working and i was like well yeah that's true but i fish yeah. for work so it's always good <laughs> i guess y'all probably have to do y'all have to actually test your products right yeah yeah so it's not like that all the time i mean obviously I, i'm not out fishing all the time but right. uh, yeah you, you know you got to get out and test products and make videos and all that so we get out and fish quite a bit and, you know, as the owners of the company, we want people to know, like, we're not just owners of this company. Uh, we're involved deeply. Uh, we fish a lot. We're involved with all the product development and everything. So, uh, yeah, we go out, test the products a lot, and we love to fish. So we're the guys kind of behind it all. It's not some just unknown research and development team or or anything like that. It's not owned by just some big company. It's just a couple of guys that love to fish and love the outdoors. Yeah. It's such a great story to hear. How, how about um, what's the biggest fish you've caught on a 10 car rod? Uh, biggest fish would be definitely the salmon up in Alaska. Those would be the biggest for sure. Uh, I have had, you know, salmon are, they can be, pretty wild like they can give you some good runs but they also love to just kind of like get down in their hole because they're like they're they're wanting to spawn right 
So they just want to get back to doing what they were doing, spawning. And you're trying to rip them off that red, their spawning ground, and land that fish, right? So you can get that hook out. Uh, so they kind of just hold. But, man, some of those Alaskan rainbows that you hook are, like, harder to land than a salmon because they – you hook one of those and they go up river, then down river, and they jump three times in between and then up and down. And they, uh, man, they just go nuts. So the hard thing with the 10 car rods, you always want to keep this power curve, right? You want to keep, like I said, you don't have a reel to where a fish can just peel line off when it runs. That rod is really going to flex a lot every time that fish takes off and tries to run. So you have to keep that power curve in your, in the rod. Because if that fish takes off and runs straight away from you, your habit is going to be to straighten out the rod to kind of give that fish a little line. But if you straighten out the rod, then all that pressure from the fish fighting is on the tippet where the fly's tied on. So it's just going to break that tippet and you'll lose the fish and your fly, right? So you got to try and keep that power curve so that you've kind of got control of that fish. And when that fish runs, it will flex the rod rather than straightening the rod and breaking your fly and then you don't have a cool story to tell you just have this story of your friends laughing at you because you lost the fish <laughs> which all fishermen have experienced that right yeah 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 we all have for sure you had the biggest one on there what's funny in my house is uh the biggest fish caught in my house is my wife she caught a huge striper in arkansas many years ago and her younger brother who loves to fish has never caught a bigger fish than she has. <laughs> she goes out for one guided trip fishing striper on the bottom of a lake, and she pulls up like this 42-pound striper. And yeah. it was just huge. And love it, know, man. It's always like people that just have that luck, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, tell me about the future at Tenkar. Will y'all have any products coming out that are I mean, I know we're talking about simple fishing, but what are you guys working on? Yeah, like we always have. We always have new products that we're looking at. So we've got a couple uh, that are in the works. Um, probably not far enough down the line yet that I should really <laughs> mention them, but some new rods that we're working on um, that will be pretty pretty unique, actually. And uh, and then we've just got like some other small accessories and stuff and always just looking to just make, you know, everything simpler looking for new video ideas to try and explain mm -hmm. certain processes easier you know um just trying to you know I, we get customers that ask certain questions as far as different products or explaining a certain method of fishing and so we just really try and listen to our customers and give them what they need my next question was what are those frequently asked questions that y'all get from customers that are just routine you just get all the time yeah like i like we mentioned um how to land the fish like i said keep that power curve right pressure back and you'll that rod's gonna bend a lot and because you have that short line it's gonna bring that fish right up to your feet right that pressure is just gonna bring that fish right up to you and then you can reach down and grab it or net it or if you have a friend there netting the fish that's even better especially if it's a big fish having a friend even if they're up or down river, if you can yell at them real quick, like, Hey, I got a big one. Like, come help me land this thing. Then that always helps. And that's for anyone, whether you're tech car fishing, fly fishing, yeah. spin fishing, whatever, um, having a friend with a net 
getting that job is always nice. So there's when I first uh, was setting up the interview, I know there's a story around your nickname because you're also known as Tuna. <laughs> yeah. And so when I was talking to uh, the guy that uh, an email, he was like, hey, we're going to get Tuna on. And I was like, OK, now it took me a minute to figure out, well, who am I talking to exactly? So you got to tell me that story, <laughs> Tanner, about your nickname. Yeah, I wish it was a cooler story. It's not <laughs> not nothing crazy. But uh, it just kind of started a long time ago, actually. I was working, I worked construction growing up in high school, and I worked with this really cool old guy that, uh, you know, he taught me a lot, and he was always just kind of goofing around with my name. He, my name's Tanner, right? So he'd call me, hardly ever called me Tanner. So he'd start calling me uh, Tune for short. And then uh, Tune just turned into Tuna. And so, yeah, it just, uh became tuna and then my friends just started calling me that and it took a you know it took like a long time for it to actually really stick and uh but now yeah it's like more people probably know me as tuna than they do as tanner yeah. my employees still call me uh tanner for some reason i don't know they're like scared to <laughs> you're the boss yeah i tell them like no just call me tuna i don't care well, what's the best way that uh, folks can find you guys, follow you guys, and all that good stuff? Yeah, so tenkarrodco.com is our website. There are uh, a few different Tenkara companies out there. So we are Tenkara Rodco. Um, and then, yeah, just on Instagram, YouTube, we've been trying to really put out a lot of content. Um and that's content as far as instructional type videos for different methods of fishing and then and setting up all the, all your equipment. So like if you get a rod, we've got a little QR code on the box that you can scan and pulls up a video on how to set that whole thing up. And uh, yeah, just like YouTube, looking at different content and stuff. We're just trying to put out a lot of stuff. So um, yeah, just uh, follow us on those platforms and then uh, check out tenkarrodco.com well i appreciate your time today i think this is a great conversation for people to learn something new um if even if you're just an uh you know a fisherman like me that just not crazy into it but when there's fishing around i want to try it this definitely piqued my interest as i think i need to get one of these so i can have it in the bag because you never know where you might end up i'm actually yeah. going on a motorcycle trip in Colorado coming in July, I was like, I think I'm going to need one of these for that trip. Yeah. But I appreciate your time today. Um, I can't wait for this to come out for everybody to hear and learn more about your company. I'm looking forward to watching you guys grow. And now that, you know, I've been turned on to you guys, I'm going to be keeping track of you on YouTube and all those things. So thanks for your, thanks for your time today, Tanner. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast and uh, appreciate it. I mean, I, I still feel like we're just like a small time company. So when someone asks to have me on a podcast, I'm I'm honored just thinking like, oh, gosh, me? Like, why does anyone want to hear anything, anything I got to say? <laughs> well, this has but, been a uh, great, great conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah. So this has been this has been fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Sign Out podcast. Make sure you check out tenkararodco.com. That's T-E-N-K-A-R-A rodco.com. 
Special thanks to Four Wheel Pop-Up Campers, purveyors of vehicle-based adventure, for their generous support of the Sign Out podcast. Learn more about Four Wheel Pop-Up Campers and their variety of base camp adventure products by visiting 4wh.com. That's F-O-U-R-W-H.com. Make sure you check out our website at signoutco.com. We have a bunch of original design t-shirts and hats and stickers. They're very cool. Check them out. And if you have about 30 seconds, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be much appreciated. It really helps us out. The music in this episode was made by me, Caleb J. Murphy. And if you want to hear more of my music, check out calebjmurphy.com. Again, thank you for listening to the Sign Out Podcast. And we will talk to you next time. The Sign Out Podcast is proudly brought to you by Outdoor by Four Magazine, a preeminent publication for responsible vehicle-based adventure travel, including overlanding. Outdoor by Four shares family-friendly content that resonates with a broad audience of adventurers, whether in a 4x4 vehicle, on two wheels, in a canoe or kayak, or on foot. Outdoor by 4's focus is on visual storytelling that appeals to all types of outdoor enthusiasts while providing expert advice as well as dynamic photography and stories that inspire. You can pick up a copy of Outdoor by 4 magazine by visiting your local bookstore or by going to outdoorx4.com. That's outdoorx4.com.